Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's 2024. We made it through another year. Hopefully that wasn't like a bar that you had set where it was like, man, if I can just make it through that year, if I can just make it through (laughs) 2023, such a low bar. Now, I'm not going to act like I haven't set that bar before. But man, we have got to set higher standards for ourselves Come on, making it through another year. Although, by golly, we did it. All right. We're in 2024 and we're excited this week. I'm here with my friend James Meehan and we're excited to talk about Switch in 2024. And what we're going to do is set you up for the first kind of month of Switch and what to expect with content and some big events that are happening so that you feel equipped and prepared for a brand new, not school year, but brand new calendar year. And if you're anything like us, you really enjoy, you know, like a break. It's nice sometimes get to go enjoy some time with family, have a break from switch and your normal routines. But just about this time, you're going, hey, I'm ready to get back into things. Like I'm ready to hit my rhythm again. I miss seeing my students and I miss the rhythm of switch. And so we're excited to get things started so James, uh, would love to hear from you what we can expect as we step into this first month or so of a new semester. Yeah. Well, in 2024, the mission of Switch is still the same. It is to lead students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And we do that by bringing them in, building them up, training them, and sending them out. Like none of that is changing. Now, what is changing is the different weeks and series and messages and all of that stuff. And so that you are aware of it, week one of the semester, we're kicking off with a standalone live speak from your youth pastor titled How to Grow in Your Faith, where your youth pastor is going to walk your students through what it looks like very practically to put God first in their schedule, in their relationships, in their daily choices, and their future planning. What we want to do is at the beginning of the year, help students start by putting God first, because we all know this. If we want to grow in our faith, we have to put God first. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, hey, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all of these things, all the things you're worried about, all of these things will be added to you. And so what we want to do is start the year by teaching our students to put God first. First, that's week one, how to grow in your faith. I think it's going to be a really cool opportunity for you as a small group leader to share some of the ways that you put God first in your schedule. Like, how do you begin your day? How do you end your day? Do you start with scripture and prayer? Do you begin with some worship and some sitting in silence? When you end your day, do you read the Bible or pray with your kids or your spouse or whatever that looks like? How do you put God first in your relationships? Like, how do you? keep Jesus at the center of your friendships? How do you follow Jesus in your relationships with your coworkers? What does it look like for you to put God first in your daily choices? Like every day when you wake up and you have a choice to make, do I do this or do I do that? How does your faith in Jesus inform those things? And so what I think is going to happen is this first week is just going to be a really cool way to set the tone for where we're going the rest of the semester, because that's week one, how to grow in your faith. You do it by putting God first. And we're going to talk about putting God first in our schedules, our relationships, our daily choices, and our future plans. And that's going to lead us into the first big series 
of this semester that we are calling How We Follow Jesus. How We Follow Jesus. And that's very intentional because as a church, as a ministry, we have a way that we follow Jesus. We talk about it as our mission and our aligning values. And so what we want to do in this series is one week and one chapter at a time, walk through Mark's gospel to capture what Jesus said and did in whatever that particular passage of scripture is, to connect that to one of our aligning values as a church, and then help our students apply that in the form of some sort of everyday practice or spiritual discipline that can actually train them to become the kind of person that lives out those values that we have said from the beginning of our church is really important to us. So week one of that series, How We Follow Jesus, we're beginning where Mark begins, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. That's Mark chapter one, verse one. And we're going to use that to introduce our students to some of the big picture questions of who is Jesus? What did he say? What did he do and how do we follow him? And the way that we're going to answer that last question, how we follow him, is we're going to say that we commit to become fully devoted followers of Christ and we lead others to do the same. We're starting with our mission because it's a new year and we want to remind our students of what has always been true of us as a church, that the way that we follow Jesus is first and foremost, we commit ourselves to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And all of those words matter. We commit to become fully devoted. That means every aspect of who we are, our heart, soul, mind, and strength is devoted, directed to Jesus, to become followers of him. Followers don't just say the right words. They actually follow where Jesus goes. Because that's what we're going to talk about in week one. Week two of this series is going to take place on January 24th. And we're going to look at the story in Mark chapter two, where a group of friends brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus, where they dug through the roof of the house to get this friend to Jesus. And Jesus does something astonishing. He heals him and forgives his sins. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders ask the question, who on earth has the authority to forgive sins? And Jesus confidently and loudly declares that he does because he is the son of man. He is the author of creation and he has the authority to forgive sins. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna use that passage of scripture to answer the question, how do we follow Jesus? And we will say that we follow Jesus by doing anything short of sin, including right. tearing the roof off a house <laughs> to yep. reach people who do not know Christ. In order to reach people that nobody is reaching, we're gonna do things that nobody is doing. And what we're going to do is attach that to a spiritual discipline for our students. What does it look like for them every day to practice becoming the kind of person who actually does anything short of sin, to reach lost people, to bring their lost friends and family members to the feet of Jesus so that they can be forgiven of their sins and find newness of life through him. And that is going to actually be the week right before we take a break because of our operational staff meeting where we will not meeting for Switch in real life. It's an incredible opportunity though for you as a small group leader to stay in touch with your students. We will have a message that goes live on YouTube that week. That is a, another great way for your students to stay engaged and keep growing before we come back the week after that first week of February where we're doing Switch Bowl. It is the Switch version of 30 Second Theology. So we're gonna have a one week break in our How We Follow Jesus series for Switchbowl. And then after Switchbowl ends, we're actually jumping right back into 
how we follow Jesus. And we will continue that series right up until switch Easter. And so what that kind of looks like on a big picture level, just to kind of go over it one more time for you. Week one of the semester is that standalone youth pastor, youth pastor live speak, how to grow in your faith. Then weeks two and three, we're kicking off the how we follow Jesus series. Week four of the semester is when we are doing our Life Church operational staff meeting. So Switch will not meet in the building that Wednesday night. Week five is Switch Bowl. And then from that point until Easter, we're continuing one week at a time, one chapter at a time through Mark's gospel, answering the question, how we follow Jesus by connecting what Jesus said and did to our church's aligning values and helping our students understand how to apply that practically to their daily lives. I'm excited about this uh, new semester. This gives you an idea of what the first five weeks of Switch will look like. James, I'd love to ask you, as you're preparing content all throughout the year, and of course, as you were then looking, how do we want to go into 2024? And we've got one that we're starting with, how to grow your faith. And then we're going to spend quite a bit of time on how we follow Jesus. And I know that there's so much intentionality with the content that you create sometimes lining up with some of the things that we have going on the weekend, but often lining up with things happening in culture and things that we really know that students need to hear the guidance and wisdom of Christ to be able to walk through. And so I'd love to hear maybe what it is that you are most excited about as you look at us going into a brand new semester in 2024. What is something that has stood out to you that you're going, man, I really, really hope that our leaders and students will latch on to this idea and run with it. Yeah. I mean, I I think the thing that is the like ever beating drum that I continually come back to is the idea that being a Christian is so much more than just believing that God is real. Absolutely. Being a Christian means following Jesus wherever he leads. And, you know, the thing that just so much or so often breaks my heart, Josh, is the amount of people I know who have grown up in the church, believing in Jesus, and at some point or another, walk away because they felt like their faith wasn't actually working for them. Yeah. And the amount of times I've sat down with those people, had conversations with them, I've heard their stories, I've passed them through some of those really, really difficult moments. And over and over again, the consistent factor is some version of, well, maybe it wasn't working because you weren't actually doing it. Now, I, I want to be very right. clear that you're not misunderstanding what I'm saying as some sort of work-based salvation. That's obviously not the case. We as a church believe that it is grace and faith. Like it is by grace right. through faith that we are saved. No question. And at the same time, The invitation of Jesus at the beginning of Mark's gospel, and it shows up in all the gospels, is not just to believe he's real, but also follow him. And I think that's the piece where for so many people, they will check all the intellectual boxes of, do I agree with God is real? Do I believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Do I believe that I should go to church? Absolutely. I agree with all of those things. But faith in Jesus is so much more than simply agreement with an idea. Faith in Jesus is commitment to a person. We say often in Switch that faith is trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. 
Faith is trusting in the person of Jesus based on the evidence that God has made available to us through his scripture, through creation, through personal experience, through the witness of other people that leads to obedience, actually doing the stuff that Jesus says. And you know this, if you're listening to this podcast, that when you actually do the Jesus stuff, God shows up in your life in ways that you never imagined were possible. Like when you actually become the hands and feet of Jesus, the closeness you feel to Jesus goes way up because you're actually playing the part that God has been inviting you to play from the very beginning. And you playing that part does not make you more saved, but it absolutely does grow your faith. And it absolutely Absolutely. does make you more like Jesus. And so my heart is and always will be that our students will understand how good the gospel really is. And I can tell them all day long that it's good news that it changes everything, that Jesus is better than anything. But until they actually begin to follow Jesus, they'll never experience it for themselves. And it absolutely breaks my heart knowing that there are so many students who show up to our ministry week in and week out, and they're open to the idea that Jesus is the son of God, that following him is the best decision that they could ever make in their lives. But they're not yet convinced because they've never taken the step to actually put his words into practice. They've never actually made the decision to make his way of life their way of life. And so they've heard it, but they've never actually seen it. And because of that, they don't yet believe it. Yeah. I think of the conversation that you may often hear parents who maybe they have a kid that got older, they're in their teen years, or they've, they've, you know, left the house grown up and they've gone away from Christ. And parents will be asking the question like, man, I have tried so hard what do I do? What am I supposed to do in this situation? And you often hear people tell them like, hey, you've got to remember that your faith is not their faith. And that's such a hard thing to hear, but it's also such a truth because the truth is we each have to have our own faith. And that's why we're not able to, you know, like press our faith onto someone. We're not able to make decisions for them. We're not able to tell them you believe this because of this. Like, They have to make those own decisions. And so as you were talking, James, it just reminded me that the the truth that head knowledge will not save you, like (laughs) understanding of of the, the things, the principles in the Bible isn't the part that saves you. What saves you is being transformed by Christ. The part that actually saves you is having a genuine personal relationship with Jesus. There's nothing else that can do it. And so you could know, you could have the Bible memorized and you could know everything that there was to know about the Christian faith. But if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you haven't accepted him as your savior, nothing else can save you. And so my hope for this year isn't just that for our students, but it's for our leaders to grasp onto the idea that you are to do everything that you can to teach and to restore at times and to influence and to pour into, and then at times to just sit back and have lots of grace and show so much patience and love and know that it is not going to happen in your time. I I would (laughs) say it's not always going to happen in your time, but instead I'm going to say it's almost never going to happen (laughs) in your time. It will happen in the time that Christ intended for it to happen in, or 
It might happen in the time that that student allows it to happen in, but it probably won't happen in your time. That doesn't mean that the seeds that you're planting won't be fruitful one day. And so I encourage you to just keep on planting seeds, keep on loving students, show them so much love and so much grace and believe that, that they aren't just being informed about Christ, but that one day they will be transformed by Christ. And when that happens, when that happens, everything changes. And so that's our hope. Like that's the end game, right? Like we have all of these <laughs> yeah. plans. We have so many strategies. The end game is that the students coming into our ministry, that we can like we can inform them about Christ, we can tell them what he wants for them, how he loves them, who he is, and that eventually they will be transformed by his love and by what he accomplished for all of us. And man, when that happens, as many of Come you on. have gotten to experience and watch it happen in students' lives, that changes everything. And that makes all the hard stuff that can be challenging about youth ministry worth it. Because you go, man, if just one, if just yeah. one who wasn't going to be saved ends up being transformed by Jesus because I said yes to being here and to being an influence and to being used, then you better believe it will be worth it. And so yeah. to each of you that do that, that show up every week as we're headed into a new year, some of you, even though I talked earlier about being excited and we're like, man, it's time to be back. Some of you are still weary and you're going into a new year and you just came out of the holidays and it's been busy. And right now you're actually still kind of tired. And it was like one of those vacations that wasn't really a vacation and you're rolling back in and you're like, holy cow, that was some good memories and a lot of fun, but I am wore out then I just want to encourage you to continue to rest in Christ. Make sure that you are leaning on community around you and keep on going. But don't don't just run blindly. Don't just say, well, I'll find rest when I find rest. No, you find ways to find rest if you're weary. But don't allow that to stop you from continuing to press the mission forward. James, as we're wrapping up, is there any final words that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think the last thing I'd want to share with you is uh, what might feel like a weird mindset shift for some of you. For others of you, as soon as I say it, you're going to get it. And it's like, it's nothing new. You understand. But it's the mindset shift of, yes, when you show up to switch, you are showing up to serve students and lead them closer to Jesus. But I also want to invite you to show up to switch expecting God to speak to you. Now, let me be very clear. When I am crafting a message for switch, I'm doing it with students in mind, but I'm also thinking about you. I'm also praying that whatever truth from God's word would speak to you where you are so that your faith would grow and that your influence in the lives of your students would increase. And I just want to encourage you to show up expectant to meet God on Wednesday nights, because I promise you in the same way that you are there for your students. Jesus is always there for you too. It's as a Life Church staff member, I show up to church every weekend expecting something meaningful, significant. I'm expecting to hear from God. And sometimes it's super right. profound, not always, but that posture is the kind of thing that when we as leaders in the church carry ourselves that way, we're actually setting a really beautiful example for our students. And so again, it might be weird for some of you, but I really do think that that shift can be really powerful for helping you actually like navigate the weariness in a way that I think is way more healthy 
than just trying to grit it out. We love you all. We look forward to a great semester. If you have any questions or, you know, there's stuff that you're needing to process with somebody, please don't forget that your youth pastor wants to talk to you. So they want a relationship with you. Reach out to them and they'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you about anything that's, that, that you got going on. And hopefully you've got a team leader or coach and a support system there within Switch and they would love to do the same. Make sure that you tune in next week and you're prepared. We The podcast will be coming every single week. Sometimes it's setting you up for series, new series like this. Sometimes we're talking about leadership values, but it's always going to be something that will invest in you as a switch leader and you as a follower of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh.